The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to share with you an incredible story. A story that I heard years ago when I was in Eretz Israel from a family member of the lady that this happened to. A young couple who had children. And then suddenly, after their third child, they stopped having children. This went on for maybe five, almost eight years without children. And the young couple now looking for a Yeshua. They went out to rabbis in Eretz Israel. They went out to doctors in Belgium. They went to the best doctors in America. And they were looking for some pitaron, for a Yeshua, for the young couple to be able to finally start having children again. Well, pitom, after about a year of running to doctors and berachot and doing everything they could, one day the wife realizes, after taking a test, that she is actually pregnant. She turns to her husband, elated, I'm pregnant with a child. And it's at that moment that husband and wife, they couldn't believe their eyes. What they thought would never be again. They finally experienced. Well, the wife, she had a wonderful and easy pregnancy. And the delivery followed suit when it came time for her to deliver her child. She delivered her baby and mother and child was healthy. And it was a considerably easy delivery. And you could imagine, this couple was ecstatic. They were elated. They brought home their new little baby as it felt to them, as if they were starting all over again after so many years of not having children. After about a week, one night, the mother hears the baby coughing in the other room. The mother comes into the other room. She sees that her child is coughing. She's thinking maybe croup. Her husband comes in and says, Nah, it's probably nothing. You probably put the baby on the back. You should put him on the belly. And they let it go. Oh, but the next night, the baby's coughing was even more serious. And the mother came in again in the middle of the night, but this time she sees her little baby, the face is blue. So she quickly calls Magen David Adom, which what we would say is Hatzalah here. And they came and they whisked off the baby to the hospital. The parents followed. And later on that night, the doctor came out and said, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, this is very odd. I don't know how to tell you this, but your child, your child has a very, a very unique, a very odd disease. We don't really see this here in America. This is a disease by newborn babies that stops the lungs from being able to develop. And I believe your child has it. We're not really acquainted with this disease, but we're going to try our best to do whatever we can for your child. Well, the mother heard this, and you can imagine. Well, the next day, they were told that the baby is being moved up to the ICU, the pediatric ICU unit in the hospital. Now the mother sees that the doctors really don't have a clue of what to do. She decides. She calls up everybody on her Rolodex, all her contacts, and she begs them, please, let's make a Yom Tefillah today. Come to the hospital. I'll get special permission to allow you into the ICU unit. You'll stand in the room of the baby 
and we're all together, we'll pull our hearts out over to Helim. That afternoon, some 50, 60 people showed up to the hospital. Friends, family, neighbors, all with a Tehillim in hand. They came into the room, and there, the baby, in a crib, with plastic over it and oxygen tanks. As the people filed in, they opened their Tehillim, so moved by the sight of this little newborn, and they began to pray their hearts out. Well, that afternoon... The Prime Minister of Israel, Ariel Sharon, happened to have been visiting the hospital, coming to the same floor, the pediatric ICU, to visit a family member and their child. As he's walking down the hall, he sees further up, there's a crowd of people spilling over into the hallway, shaking back and forth, reading and praying their hearts out. This caught his eye. He wanted to get a better look. He walked his way down the hallway. He came up to the room. He started peering and looking inside. And he sees a room packed with people spilling out to the hall, praying, and a mother in the front with a husband standing over a crib with tears coming down their cheek. He turns to a secret serviceman, and he says to him, I want to go into this room. I want to talk to the parents. I want to see the baby. Well, the secret serviceman, they start going into the room, grabbing people and literally pushing them out of the room to make and clear out the room so that the Prime Minister can come into a secure room. As they're pulling people out, the mother of the child, she turns around and she sees that there's these guys throwing people out of the room. So she runs up to the Secret Serviceman. She stands tall, looks him dead in the eye, and she tells him, What are you doing? We're praying for the life of my baby. What are you doing? She hit a chord by the man. The man said, I'm sorry. It's just that the Prime Minister wants to come in. And it's not safe. It's not secure. I can't let him come in to a room packed with people. So we're going to throw everybody out to allow the Prime Minister to come in. The mother looked the man in the eye and said, Listen to me. That's my child. His life is on the line. These people here in this room, their tefillot, their prayers means more to me than the Prime Minister of Israel coming in for a visit. Please, tell the Prime Minister, if he wants to come in and pick up a Tehillim and pray with us, he's welcomed. But right now, these people stay. The man shrugged his shoulders. The Secret Service man goes out to the hallway, turns to Ariel Sharon, and he delivers the mother's moving message. At that moment, the Prime Minister was very moved. He said, she's right. He turns to his men and tells them, stand down. I'm going into the room alone. No, Prime Minister, you can't. It's not secure. It's not safe. We could never let the Prime Minister of Israel go to a packed room of people. I don't care. You stay here. I'm going in alone. And he insisted. Till finally, Ariel Sharon made his way into the room squeezing between people, making his way up to the front of the room, right in front of mother and child. He nodded his head. He pulled out a little kippah, put it on his head. She handed him a tehillim. He opened up the tehillim, and he began to recite tehillim with the rest of the crowd for 45 minutes. <laughs> An incredible story. This is told over by the mother. After 45 minutes of him reciting tehillim, 
He closes the book. He wishes the mother and the father well. He takes a glance down at the baby. And he makes his way out of the room. And then he continues on his way to the family member that he originally came to meet. My friends, as a speaker, I know. I know the ending you're waiting for. I know you'd love for me to turn and tell you now, well, after that Yom Tefillah, wow, look at the power of Tefillah. That evening, the doctor comes into the room, turns to the mother. They did another set of x-rays. Everything came out clean. It's a miracle. I'd love to tell you that ending. But my friends, that evening, the baby died. Where did the tefillot go? The Yom Tefillah, they poured their hearts out. They cried. Tehillim. Yes, they did. Well, the next day was the funeral. And the mother and the father, after the funeral, went home and began to attempt, after the Shiva, to piece their life back together and to be able to come to terms and make peace to be Matzdik, the Deen of Kuchabirichu, and to move on. After a few weeks, suddenly, the mother of this child begins to get letters in the mail, but not one or two letters, some 20, 25 letters from people that she don't know who they are, never met before in her life. Strangers! Who are these people? And she starts opening the letters. She opens the first letter, and this is what the letter says. Dear Mrs. So-and-so, you don't know who I am, but I do want to tell you that I remember I was there with you on the floor that day in the ICU unit in the hospital. My child, my baby was sick, just as your baby was. And I have to tell you that although I do know that that evening your baby passed away, I want to tell you that all those tefillot that you prayed with that crowd of people, they weren't wasted because that night my baby miraculously got well. The next day my baby ended up going home with a bill of health and the doctors were amazed. And then she opens the next letter and it's from another mother that had a child on the floor of the ICU in the hospital that day. Also saying that that evening her child got better and the doctors couldn't understand what was going on. And in the next two days, the next 20 letters all described the babies of the entire pediatric floor of the ICU unit of this hospital. In the next two days, all the babies were discharged and went home with a clean, miraculous bill of health. That's where the tefillot went. Hashem knows. Hashem has his hejbah. And Hashem says, your tefillot, they're never wasted. Every tefillah, to me, is a diamond, a gem. Every tefillah I take, I polish, I bank it away, and I allocate, and I use it for the best need. That night, this little baby 
was meant to come to the hospital and to draw with it a crowd that was going to pray for the Yeshuot from all the other babies on that floor of the ICU unit. You want to know where the Tefillot went to? They weren't wasted. All those babies went home healthy over the next two days. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.